too dapper on the details. Salford Red Devils independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parkson. Join me on the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, all right, Paul? I'll be all right, mate. You having a good having a good week? Yeah, yeah, I'm just on holiday at the moment, mate, just chilling out. And uh, I'll be back for uh, the Leeds game on Friday night, so don't fear. I'll be back back there cheering us on to hopefully a victory on Friday. Yeah, also join us on the show this week. We've got Papa Whiteside, all right, Andy? Oh, Rob, you okay, mate? You okay? You having a good week? Yeah, very good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it you know, your fault that Paul's such a fanatic on Salford, uh, Andy? Uh, well, it, it probably is, yeah. I, uh, I took him there. Well, I took him, I think he saw his first game at Roxdale on it. So I think it was on a Eastern match. I think it been a good Friday night or something like that when he was about six months old. Right. 1983. Then uh, I took him again regular when he was about four or five then. I thought of late 80s. Adrian Adley, I think, was playing then. And, he had a good, good little run then. He had a decent side at the time then. So, yeah, he's took him ever since then. So, yeah, he stuck at it and all. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't eight foot five, though, when he was five years old, though, was he? No, 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 no. A lot smaller than them days. Yeah, he could. <laughs> well, he sat on my shoulders at the Lancashire Cup final in, uh, against, Wig- against Wigan at St. Helens. 1988, yeah. I don't think my shoulders and my back's been right since. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the news, we've got the Wigan review of last from last weekend, we've got the amateur report, and we've also got a review of Friday night's trip to Headingley against Leeds. Cool, so what we'll do, uh, before we talk about the news, Paul, we had a massive thunderstorm uh, here um, yesterday, uh, because of the, it's all sticky and, and sunny. Could not believe, I thought, I thought my house was going to come in, uh, you know, the, the roof and everything, everyone kept running out the house looking, it was like looking like something had fallen from the sky, Paul. Uh, I don't want to be all the way out, you enjoying the sun. Did you uh, did you hear the thunderstorms? Are you okay? Oh, it's been really Devon at the moment, uh, not far from sort of Exmouth down that end. So it's been nice. It's been really sunny here since I got here Saturday morning, came down after the Wigan game Saturday morning. It's been it's been nice. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's like we it's one calamity for another, isn't it? I mean, we've had that thing that was in your shed and yeah, monsoons in your back garden. It's yeah. uh, getting a bit dodgy, isn't it? We all end. I'll tell you what, I was, I was looking out there and you, you, whatever it was, it'd be dead after 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 last night, I'm sure. Yeah, Paul, it was like Armageddon. I thought that was it. I thought my life had finished. Could not believe it. Anyway, what we'll do, we'll, we'll start with, uh, now with uh, the news. So, first bit of news we've got today, Paul. The club have uh, announced uh, a special promotional uh, sort of ticket uh, offer uh, for new fans. It's £15 for adults, £10 for consention and £5 for juniors. Uh, looking forward to the Casper game on the 1st of July. Uh, it's pretty good, the club, you know, putting these offers out for the fans, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, anything to get get some bigger crowds, because I know the crowd against Wigan was quite a, a poor one, really. We only got about 4,000, which is quite low on the crowd last season. So anything that's going to bring the crowds in. But you know, as we were saying earlier in the season, perhaps it might be an idea, you know, next season to make the season tickets a bit cheaper, you know, and try and sell a few more season tickets, and that perhaps will boost the attendance. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens at the Casper game, hopefully. We'll uh, we'll get a few more people in there. I was a few people obviously upset being season tickets sold uh, holders and uh, you know obviously you know we've got to look at you know uh, new fans coming in and you've got to entice them in, haven't you, with, with offers? Well, yeah, but I think you know your season ticket holders are your lifeblood of the club, aren't they? And you like you should reward that loyalty. I think maybe you should you should be looking at maybe dropping the price of the season ticket a bit next season. To, to entice more people to buy a season ticket, but then maybe putting like they used to do Willow in the in the old Willows days, there kids for a quid, kids for free or whatever. You know, we're trying to entice because obviously if, if you're under sixteen, there you're going to come with an adult anyway, aren't you? And yeah, make I, the adult, I, and make I, the, and make the adult season tickets cheaper, and thereby, 
trying to get that build that sort of season ticket base up and then as you, as you progress and as you get you know better hopefully over the next few years then increase the price of the season ticket. but if you start at a low base I think it was Huddersfield last season I think they're about £100 worth of season tickets yeah yeah oh so, you know maybe try if you price the season tickets too high I think that puts a lot of people off yeah I think I think with season tickets um, Andy it's one of them where the club kind of in the off season need kind of injection of cash and I think they're kind of like hoping that a lot of fans go and get that season ticket early and then it comes round to this type of part of the season where they've got the base, like you said, of, 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 of fans, but they need to build on it. And I think obviously they've got to, it's a kind of a seesaw act in it, Paul, where they've got to, you know, keep, you know, seat ticket holders like us happy and also entice the new fans in. Yeah, that's right. But let's just hope it works. I mean, obviously, if, they, if we do get a, a big bumper crowd against Castleford, it will inject a bit more money. So hopefully, we'll, uh, it will do. And, uh, you know, we've got a few more games to go before then and winning match. Matches as well will probably bring people in. If we go into that Casford game, you know, on the back of a load of defeats, but if we've still got a chance to get in the top eight and we've, we've won these next few games, then hopefully people will buy into it. Yeah, the new Daredevil ticket admits two adults and two juniors and comes with a free car parking ticket, free match programme and £10 worth of food and drink vouchers and one inclusive price of £40 a game. So, you know, you, you can't, you know, knock the club that, you know, they're trying to get the fans in and, uh, and I'm just really hoping that the people of Salford you know back it and, and come along well yeah hopefully that, that sounds a, that's a pretty good deal that, isn't it you know your car packs are five your programme's three quid I mean a £10 voucher for food that's uh, that's 18 quid with the stuff there and that's a, that sounds a good deal doesn't it that? yeah that's, that's all about us, all about us fans you know getting out there really and promoting uh, it to you know possible other fans other people who've come along as a as a wanna before Paul and, and hopefully getting them involved to come along again yeah, definitely. It's like we were saying last week, though, about the the way people have been targeted on social media. It's, it seems to be a lot of the supporters who are already going that are being targeted. I suppose that you've got to get out to the, the areas and the parts of Salford of people who don't know so much about it, really, and try and entice some of them supporters. Yeah, I think with social media, though, you kind of been, I've said it before, we're only kind of engaging with people who are already kind of engaged and like you follow them, if you know what I mean. We need to go out, I think, and to the people of the city of Salford and say, look, we are here. And I'm, I know it's difficult, you know, trying to, and probably money as well, that, that becomes an issue as well, having to, you know, pay for posters and stuff. But if you want to, you know, influence and, uh, and become a, a focal point in the city, Andy, you need to spend a little bit of money for me. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think that poster thing is quite, a, they used to do that. I mean, I'm going probably back 20 odd years. I think that I remember they used to put posters up, didn't they, all over the place. Mm. No, I mean, something as simple as that. Maybe start that again, you know, a poster campaign all over, over, over the, over the city. Yeah, and, you know, make people aware. I think there's an awful lot of people who are not aware of what goes on there. You know, could they not? Could they not erect like a big kind of uh, banner, some kind of sort of big sign that you can see off the M62? Is that not? Can they not do that at the actual ground? Is is this some? I don't know. Is this something that's stopping them doing that? Because that seems pretty obvious thing to do to me. Yeah, because yeah. as you. Over that bridge, there's nothing to say. All right, you can see the rugby posts, but there's nothing else to say that Salford play there, is there? No. Or as you know, a casual person driving over that bridge, oh, there's a rugby ground down there. I wonder who plays there. You know, there's no big sign saying Salford, they're devils or anything like that, is there? No. Can, can we not erect a sign there saying, you know, advertise the next home game or something like that? You know, little things like that. I don't know. Seem quite an obvious thing to do maybe there's some reason why they can't I don't know yeah like I say I'm sure they're open to ideas and I'm sure they'll be looking at you know, promoting 
the Castle game and other games to, to, to come. Uh, and the other, other big news we've got, uh, we've got the, a new signing, Paul. Uh, Daniel Murray from Warrington, uh, under-19 player of the year in 2015 uh, for them. You know, he's, he looks like a, a quality player to me. Yeah, um, to be honest, I've never actually seen him play, but I've read a few things about him this week. And yeah, he's, he must be half decent if he's got their... Um... Their young player of the year award. So, uh, so yeah, I mean that, that's good. It's good to get young talent, and we've had a, a few good youngsters. I mean, we got a good youngster in Gareth O'Brien off Warrington. So hopefully, if he's uh, if he's half as good as Gareth O'Brien, will we'll be a good start for him. But he's only a young kid, 19, 20 in this. So I mean, with Tim Sheens being there as well, an ex an ex forward, surely Tim Sheens will be able to pass him on quite a bit of knowledge, and hopefully we can nurture him into a, a decent player. Yeah, Tim Sheens says we are delighted we've got Aunt Daniel to the AJ Bell Stadium. He is big, promising prop who fits the type of profile we're looking for and we are looking forward to working with him. I watched his YouTube uh, you know, um, highlights of, of 2015 and he looks like a unit. And uh, I think, obviously, forwards are a big um, you know, species, aren't they, in this day and age? Um, and he looks the part for me. I'm really hoping, obviously, he continues our you know, youth policy and, and we're able to bring further kids through. And it's really good the club are actually you know, investing in the youth and giving these kids a chance. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. I mean, some people, some cynics might say, well, it, it can't be that good if Warrington are getting rid of them. They just signed up themselves. But having said that, players blossom at different ages, don't they? Some are late bloomers sort of thing. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully this guy will uh, will do the business for us. Yeah, under 15 player of the year as well, Paul. You know, he's uh, he'll obviously get to get that kind of award uh, at a club like Warrington. You know, it shows that he must be, a, you know, a player to watch for. Yeah, definitely. And Warrington have brought some good youngsters through, haven't they, over the last sort of three or four years? And they, they seem to have got a good setup there at that club and uh, good coaches. And yeah, if we can uh, tap a bit of talent there and, and get him to solve it, then, then why not? But I think that's something we've lacked at last, well, especially this season, is size in the forwards. And if we can get a good youngster there who's, who's got a bit of size and a bit of power, it's going to give other teams something to think about. Yeah, uh, another bit of news. Uh, the Salford Red Devils Foundation uh, hosted their first touch rugby um, session uh, it was on Monday night, I think it was, at the AJ Bell Stadium, 6.30 to 7.30, uh, open to all people over the age of, of 14. Uh, it's a really good kind of, uh, you know, thing to get into, to get fit, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, something good that, you know, everyone get involved in, can't it, Paul? Yeah, it sounds good, it sounds good, that touch rugby, yeah, I've, I've never actually took part in touch rugby, but it sounds pretty good, and if it gets more people down there, hopefully we get some, like, new people down there who've not actually watched Salford before, and we can... Uh, we can sell in the Salford Red Devils to him as well. Yeah, I think it's great. Like I say, the foundation do so much, uh, Andy, in the community and things like this. You know, it improves the game and, and highlights to everyone who, who you know was interested in rugby league that you know they're there for the community. Well, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, obviously, get down there. Is, that, is it open to any age? Is it? There's no age. All open to all over fourteen year olds. So, if you, yeah. you fancy a game? Well, <laughs> yeah, two new knees and a new back, Rob. I think it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great thing. It's a good way, great way of keeping fit. Uh, men and women, I presume, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, everyone's involved. Yeah, get yourselves down. Uh, yeah. You know what they say: two, two yards in the head is, is one yard on the floor. And uh, that you might still have have chance. <laughs> that's right. Between the ears, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's all about, mate. Um, looking at other news, uh, lead tickets are now available. Uh, Twenty-three pound. Uh, for adults, Paul, uh, we're hoping to take a big following. Obviously, you know it's a big game for both clubs, and we haven't beat Leeds for for quite a while. Uh, and with a farm leader in it, you know it's a real opportunity for us. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at the stats. We haven't actually done the league double on them since 1946, so it is a long time, a long time since we've we've uh, we've done that. 
But yeah, I mean, this is probably going to be the first time for a lot of supporters who watch Salford, you know, a lot of the younger supporters who've actually been there with a real chance of beating Leeds. You know, there's a form up there at the moment. I mean, it's been quite alien to, to a lot of the younger people who over the last 10 years have probably known Leeds as like this champion side that goes and dominates at Old Trafford, whereas this season they've, they've not been at all. They've been off form, they've lost a lot of home games. And, you know, we're in with a real chance of going there. And, you know, they're probably still going to be the favourites, aren't they? Leeds at home, we've probably got a real good chance of going there and, and winning. Yeah, uh, there's coach going down uh, as well. Uh, you can pick up, pick up on the coach uh, from Shander's club at 5-5. to five. The Hope at 5 past 5. Eccles, Eccles Town Hall at 20 past 5. And the stadium at 20-6. to six. Uh, If you're interested in jumping on that coach, uh, contact the club uh, and I'm hoping that you know there'll be a big following down it's good the club put on coaches for the fans to, to get to these away games isn't it yeah the way I was used to go Rob the old yeah. coaches on the old days Fields Ends coaches from, uh, from the eye yeah I remember those great days did you get did we get quite a big following back back in the back in the day obviously you know with coaches going from the eye yeah I used to get a lot of coaches I, I remember one particular time I think it was 1974 and uh, Brian Snape was the chairman in those days Laid on fifty pence, uh, fifty pence each on the coaches. I think we took fifty-six coaches. Six coaches. Where did we go? In the Challenge Cup game at Eddingley that day, uh, in uh, nineteen seventy-four. We still lost, man. You, but took a lot of took a good following there. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Fifty-six coaches, Paul. Can you imagine us taking fifty-six coaches now? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. Maybe if we could take something like because the thing is, tomorrow night, I'd encourage. Uh, sorry, Friday night, I'd encourage anyone to go because you know when you go to Leeds. They get a really big support, don't they? And that south stand's normally full, and they, they get behind and make a bit of noise. And sometimes, you know, it, it's great for the if we've got a big following of Salford supporters there to get behind our lads. So, uh, so yeah, I'd encourage anybody to get there on on Friday night because wins at Edinley are very, very rare, and I think it's very special if you actually go and witness one. Yeah, a little final bit of news. Uh, congratulations to Michael Dobson and his Sally on the birth of the little boy Lucas. Uh, you know, I suppose he's uh, he's going to have a few. Uh, long nights, obviously, with a young uh, child is a it's a tiring job, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah, uh, bottle feeding and this that, and the other at night time. Yeah, sleepless nights, changing nappies and all that. That's all he needs, really, isn't it? When we're uh, in a busy rugby league season, so uh, good luck to Michael on that one. Yeah, congratulations for everyone on the podcast, Michael, uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, he'll bring us some luck on 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 Friday against Leeds. So now, what we'll do, we'll we'll talk about the game uh, against Wigan on Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So Salford faced Wigan Warriors at the AJ Bell Stadium on Friday and unfortunately went down 23 points to 20, Paul. It was a, it was a really good game, but unfortunately Wigan had enough to get over the line. Yeah, it was a really exciting game and we've had quite a few of them this season at the AJ Bell. I mean, if you think back to that game against Warrington and... Uh, one of the witness game as well. Really exciting games. We were just disappointed that we were on the wrong end of it there. I think we just left ourselves too much to do, you know, and Wigan got in that, that big lead, but disappointing. But, you know, we ran a really good Wigan side, very close. Yeah, uh, Salford started with Daniel Video at fullback, Justin Carney, Josh Jones, Junior South, Jake Bibby, Rob Louis, Michael Dobson, Ben Murat Masala, Mark Fanagan, Weller Rackett, Craig Cockjack, Logan Tompkins, and George Griffin on the bench for Salford, Ryan Lannan, Adam Warren, Connor Williams, and Phil Joseph. Uh, Daniel Vido at fullback with uh, O'Brien being out injured. Uh, you know, it was a bit bit strange, but I thought he did okay. Yeah, he works hard, Daniel Vido. He, st- he still doesn't look like, you know, fully match fit, does he, at the moment? He's taking him a while to get into it. You know, he's been out that long and 
he's uh, you know had a pre-season to, to get himself fully fit you know straight away so he, I think he's going to get sharper as the season goes on but he didn't do a lot wrong Daniel on uh, on Friday night yeah and Connor Williams made his debut off the bench as well Paul you know he, he did well I thought I thought he did really well Connor Williams and you know he had a few ch- times there in the second half when he was on where I think he got caught and got put behind the you know the dead ball line but that could have affected his confidence, but it didn't because he took a good kick after that. And he looked quite steady, really. I mean, he's only a young kid. He's only, what, he's only 17, I think, so 17, 18. So he's a young kid. And uh, he looks like he's got quite a bit of potential there. And uh, hopefully, you know, the, the next few years now, we'll see him more and more in the first team. Yeah, Salford uh, started brightly, had a chance uh, with Junius. How a little kick through. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to ground it. You know, you've got to take your chances against the big teams like Wigan, haven't you, Paul? Certainly have, yeah. We did there from a Dobson kick early on. And, you know... Wigan are that sort of side that will punish you and, and a few minutes after that they did with Josh Charlie because they've got that pace out wide, haven't they, Wigan? You know, you make any sort of mistakes and they've got some good uh, good players in their backs there. Young Oliver Gilda impressed me on uh, on Friday night. You know, he's on loan with us last season, wasn't he? I've been really impressed with him and, you know, he's another one. I think he's only about 20, but he looks, you know, he's, he's been playing Super League for years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George, uh, what's he George Williams for Wigan, a uh, little kick through um, and Charlie scores in the corner. You know, his first first try and a hat-trick, uh, Paul. You know, rugby league's going to miss Josh Charlie's. You know, it's a good quality finish when he showed that on uh, on Friday. Very good uh, sort of poacher, Josh Charlie. If you give him a chance, you know, half a chance or a sniff near the line, Josh Charlie will take it. And if you look at his try record for Wigan, I think he averages about a try a game, doesn't he? So I think they're going to miss him next season. Obviously, with Wigan, though, there's normally someone else waiting on the production line isn't there, from there. You know, great academy and under 19s, but they've got there's usually somebody ready to put their hand up and step into the first team. But I think he will be a miss because, uh, you know, he's been a very good talisman. Yeah, well, Salford hit back through a try from Michael Dobson. Towering kick uh, by Rob Lewis, uh, spilt by the Wigan defence, picked up by Jake Bibby, and he fed Dobson, uh, who went over in the corner. Just what Salford needs to get back in the game. Yeah, he did very well there as well, I thought, Josh Bibby, because he had actually had the presence of mind to put a little grubber kick in for Dobson. You know, I mean, he's not known for being a kicker, Bibby, but you know, a bit of quick thinking from him there. And he set Dobson up, and that was a, that was a good try. It was just what we needed, that, to get us back level on the scoreboard. Yeah, I suppose it's Michaud's maturity beyond his years, really, that he can see the, the events unfolding in front of him and be able to execute that little kick through for Dobson to, to score. You know, it's, it's a progress, you know, he's making in that first team spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he's been in some big games. Hasn't he? he was in uh, the Magic Weekend on the big stage there, and I didn't think he disappointed. I thought he did really well. And the game against Wigan on Friday, it was like a high-pressure game, that, you know, a good atmosphere, very high-tempoed first half, and, you know, he, he coped with everything that, that Wigan threw at him. Yeah, uh, Dobson gets his second try, another massive kick by Rob Lewis. Uh, Tompkins, you know, didn't fancy going for that one. Ball goes loose. Uh, Jack picks a ball, feeds uh, Dobson, who goes under the post and uh, Salford lead. Oh, it was a brilliant try. That one. We, we was dancing about on the gantry, weren't we? After uh, that, after that one, but it was that was a huge kick that I remember saying in the uh, my report, you know, in the, the, the halftime report about having snow on that kick because it was that high. But he seemed to lose it really, Sam Tompkins. You know where it was going to bounce. He sort of got a bit lost underneath it, and uh, Cop Jack, you know, had the presence of mind there to feed uh, feed Dobson. And to be honest with you, I thought we looked on top at, in that stage of the game. And a, a couple of minutes later, we received a penalty, didn't we? When we kicked for goal and. Mm. And that was a bit of a turning point for me because I wouldn't, wouldn't say it was banging in front of the post, but it was quite a fairly kickable penalty, which Dobson missed. And uh, that sort of took the pressure off Wigan, really. And then that, that dropout that we'll probably go on to talk about in a minute was a turning yeah. point. Do you think it was the right decision to go to goal for that, at that point, Paul? Or do you reckon he should have gone for the kill and gone for the six? Well, in hindsight, I mean, when you've missed the goal, then you say, yeah, we should have should have gone for it. But that, that would have given us a 12-4 lead there. You're, you're eight points in front there, two scores. But 
I thought we had Wigan on the rack there. We we just scored those two tries, and you know, not many teams defend two sets of six, do they? And perhaps we should have. You know, we've been a bit cautious like that a few times this season. We we, we did that against Warrington, didn't we? Start the second half, we kicked for goal, and they ended up coming back to, to to beat us. And I think one more score in that Warrington game, we probably would have won that match. So perhaps sometimes you've just got to, uh, you know, be a bit more. What's the word? A bit braver and you know just a bit more ruthless and, and just get a team when you've got a team by the throat just just make sure you keep them there. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. I think at that point Wigan were on the ropes and you know we were, we had the wind in our sails there. And I'm thinking if we'd have kicked for the corner there and gone for it, I think we would have uh, really punished Wigan Warriors. But like you said, if you look back, uh, you know it's one of them things you got to look forward, don't you? If you look back, you always start thinking what ifs, and you can't live yeah. your live your season like that, can you? No, not at all. But again. This season we've we've let ourselves down with individual errors, and then from that, you know, Wigan dropped out from the twenty, and then it was a big, it was a good kick from Matty Smith, but it was unforgivable really the way we let it bounce and go out at our end, and we had to drop out to Wigan, and then they scored from that from that set of six. So whereas you could have been going sort of sixteen four up, twelve four up, whatever, you then level at ten apiece. Yeah, I think it's concentration levels for me, Paul. You know, moments like that, you lose concentration against the sides of Wigan Warriors class. They punish you a massive drop uh, drop out, uh, and we weren't obviously a, a, a bit of a sleep, and obviously let the ball go dead. We had to drop out, and Wigan took advantage through a try from uh, Ryan Sutton, and you know it was all back in the melting pot then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and that that sort of gave Wigan a bit of momentum there towards the uh, the, the sort of last five or six minutes of that that first half. Wigan attacked us, didn't they? And uh, I think uh, it was a good tackle from uh, Robert Louis, I think, to stop. Stop them out, out wide on that, that far side. And then, obviously, Matty Smith came up with that drop goal just on the hooter, which was good play from Matty Smith, really. It was good thinking for him. And we know we all know all about Matty Smith from his time at Salford. He's a good organiser. And uh, he, I thought that was a good play and a, and a good decision to drop that goal. I think it kind of showed how far Matty Smith's come, really, that you know he's able to drop that goal on half-time. You know, in his Salford days, I, w- I wouldn't have seen him kind of do that much for, for me. Uh, but, you know, I suppose it developed, he shows how much he's developed and, you know, he could be possibly, you know, looking at international, uh, you know, recognition, you know, in the end of the season, international scene. Yeah, I think Matty Smith has developed since he's left Salford. He's more of a sort of a leader now, isn't he? And he does lead Wigan around, around the park. But he's got he's got a good good pack of forwards there, hasn't he, at Wigan, where he's, he perhaps he didn't have that at Salford. But I think he's a, he's a good player and he's probably going to be in there with a shout for an England shirt at the end of the season. Another one, perhaps that Luke Gale at Castleford's going to be up there as well. So Wayne Bennett's going to have like a, Maybe a selection headache there at half-back because there's one or two at the moment who'll be uh, knocking on the door. Yeah, 11-10 at half-time, Paul. You know, what were you thinking? Do you think we were still in the game? I personally thought that, you know, it was all on. Drop goal right on half-time. You know, was the difference, but, you know, we were competitive throughout, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I thought we needed to score first, really, in the second half, you know, because uh, Wigan sort of went in with the momentum. And I thought if we go a couple of scores down, maybe it's going to be... A, bit of a hill for us to climb and it was really wasn't it and I thought it was very unlucky after 50 minutes Logan Tompkins had that try disallowed for a double movement and we couldn't really see from where we were but you know it, that 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 was a big turning point in the game there really for me yeah if, if Tompkins goes over there you know swings the initiative back to us but obviously with no uh, video referee at the game you have to uh, rely on the video um, sorry you have to rely on the referee to, to make the correct decision which in, in his eyes he did uh, and Wigan obviously went to the other end and Josh Charnley went over for them, swinging move, and Salford's defence couldn't slide over quick enough and they extended their lead. No, they caught us napping there a few times, didn't they, with Josh Charnley? And I think Junior South struggled on that wing um, defending. They, 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 they just seemed to have a bit too much pace for us. And you watch how quick they moved the ball. And 
they just caught they caught us napping there for that try and then went to 17-10 up. Yeah, another another burst from from Wigan and they fed Charlie again. Junior South had a goal, tried to get across, but Salford's defence couldn't get a, get get hold of him. And Charlie completed his trick on the 65th minute. Paul and Matty Smith hit the post, uh, and with his conversion went over, and that that kind of shows when you looks in, you looks in. Yeah, definitely. But I think you've got to um, say that Dan Sargentson played well for Wigan. I yeah. thought he um, he, uh, he gave Junior Sawan hard time and uh, he fed Charlie for, for at least two of those three tries. It was good work for him on that try, you know, creating that opening for, for Charlie to go over his attrick. But but yeah, I remember saying to you at the time when uh, he kicked that goal and hit the post and went over, you sort of knew it was perhaps going to be Wigan's night. 23-10 was going to give us a bit of a mountain to climb. But we, we nearly climbed that mountain. We, we stormed back at Wigan and uh, came back really well. Yeah, came up, came up. Attacking wise, uh, Josh Jones went over to try a lovely ball by uh, Rob Louie. Sends him through a gap. He goes under the posts, uh, and the, and the cavalry charges on in it, Paul. Certainly wasn't. I thought Josh Jones played really well on uh, on Friday night. He he came in the line a few times. He looked dangerous in the first half. He burst, made a couple of good bursts, and so did Justin Carney. That Wigan found those two players a handful. I thought they made a couple of half breaks and. And really, we, we didn't capitalise. There was a few times where we made breaks and we didn't we didn't finish them off. And, you know, perhaps if we, on another night we had done, it could have been a different story. But, uh, but yeah, 23-16, then I think with about seven minutes to go. Yeah, 23-16, the wind are in our sails, uh, Paul. And another try conjured up for Daniel Vido in the corner. He bulldozed over in the corner with three minutes to go. And, uh, you know, we thought we were in. We thought it could be our night. He did very well there, Vido, to score as well, because he had like two two men on him there in that corner. There wasn't a lot of room, so he had to get down really long. That was a great finish that for that try. And uh, yeah, at 23-20, and I clocked it, there was one minute and 46 left when Wigan, Wigan kicked off there. So we was obviously going to get at least another set of six, and it, it did set up a grandstand finish. Yeah, and we had a right goal as well. A couple of opportunities. The first one, the bomb goes up. Tompkins lets the ball bounce. Unfortunately for Salford, there's not a player within a couple of yards of him, unfortunately, he managed to scoop the ball dead. I thought that was our golden chance. If it was a sole player within a yard of the ball, we'd have scored then and we'd have won the game. Yeah, well, when the rugby ball bounces, it can bounce anywhere, can't it? And it was just unfortunate that there was nobody on hand from Salford to, to capitalise on that because it would have been some finish that, you know, beating Wigan there coming from behind in that last sort of seven minutes. Yeah, and then we had another go. Unfortunately, uh, Dobson limps off towards the end. You think he, he, him sort of not being on the field, that was a, a bit of a factor when those. You know, when we went for the the killer blow at the end. Yeah, I think so. I think we missed him. I mean, I think he got injured with about sort of twelve minutes to go. I think I clocked it as, and he was hobbling for a while, and he tried to run it off, and eventually they they did take him off, and sort of for that last five or six minutes we, we was without him, and I think it was um, who put that kick up. I think it was Justin Carney who put that kick up at the you know the last couple of seconds, and yeah. it wasn't a bad kick to be honest. And Junior Sal went chasing was just a bit too long, wasn't it? But I think you know perhaps he would have had Dobson on there and. You know, a kick from Dobson, something else could have come off. So I think we just ran out of steam, didn't we, at the end there? But you know, credit to the the lads, they, they, they fought right to the end there, didn't they? Against let's have it right, Wigan, you know, fairly strong Wigan side really. They had more or less their first choice uh, seventeen out, and you know, with the, with the injuries we've got to nine levels and Josh Griffin and and losing uh, Michael Dobson as well. I thought we did all right. Yeah, and this is what Ian Watson had to say uh, about the the game in the press conference after. I'm looking there towards the end, Ian. Yeah, yeah, we were when you look at it like at the back end, but I just don't, I don't think we deserved to win anyway with some of the stuff that we did um, earlier. We didn't manage the game really well, whereas um, Wigan Smith in particular managed the game really well for them. Did you think we had any other two tries? Videos, but you might 
don't know, we had we had one set. We just needed to be kind of composed, and it's it's something we've been speaking about for a while about how consistent we are and well how inconsistent we are at times as well. And it's something that we need to work on because when you're playing against the best teams and the bigger teams, they know how to win games, tight games. Um, what we don't know how to do is we don't know how to come through the other side of them yet. So we're in every game, which is is a real good thing and a real positive for us as a group. And we know there's a process to where you want to get to, and it, it takes time to do that. But we all we feel we should be winning some of these games. Um, and if we'd have done the right things earlier on in the game, then we would have won it today. The thing that we didn't do well is like when we a penalty, for instance, and we kick out. Uh, we don't kick out, so we don't find the touchline. So then we're defending our try line again. Um, we offload when there's five players around us and it goes to their play and then we're defending our try line again um, little things winning good ball and we put a little kick in fullback catches it in goal and it, little dumb things we're just not smart enough really to manage the game uh, I would say uh, Matt Smith's managing the game to be fair Any injuries coming through from that? Yeah we've got quite a lot to be fair um, we've got a few being seen now so um We'll know more, but there's about seven or eight who are in there at the moment getting looked at. So we'll see where they are earlier on in the week and then um, which way we go with the team from that. I thought Connor looked really good when he came. He, he did all right, Connor. Um, I've just been speaking to him in there as well because he's like a little bit down, but he's a 17 year old kid. He's, he's just come in, he's, um, he's, he's done really well, to be fair. I'm really pleased for him. I'm, I know he was nervous coming into the game as well, but he, he's a real level-headed kid and he, he deserves his opportunity. And I think that's probably a, a big plus point from today as he come through. And we need to start bringing more of our own younger players through. So, like obviously Jake Bibby, Ryan Lannan, um, Josh Wood this year, um, Connor Williams. Um, it, it's really good for us as a club to be able to develop them. It's what Wigan's been built on over the last few years, and we need to try and bring youngsters through into our first team. And if we can do that, and that's the start for Connor tonight. Connor will get better and. Um, it, it'll become really good because some of the signs he's shown in training are, are, are first class. Are eight spots still available? Sorry? Eight spots still available? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, we're, 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 We've lost today, and obviously that's a, a worry for us that we've lost, but we will come back stronger from this today and we'll, we'll learn what we've done um, wrong and we'll, we'll put that right and we'll put that right in training first and we'll, we'll get our consistency back in there and then we'll go to Leeds next week confident that we can go there and get the win. So, Ian Watson sort of echoing our comments that, you know, we were had frustrating moments where, you know, things didn't really go our way and, you know, we shot ourselves in the foot a couple of times. I thought he was very very honest, Ian Watson, at the press conference. Um, you know, he didn't have any complaints. He never does, to be honest, Ian. He always, you know, he doesn't blame the referee. He doesn't have a go at the other team. He, he was very honest about what he said. And really, I thought he was saying that sort of Wigan, the, sort of the benchmark that we, we're going to be... Uh, but it would be aiming for, and um, he was disappointed. You could tell disappointment in his voice. He didn't think we'd done enough in the game, and it, that's a good sign that he was disappointed that we didn't win. So, uh, you know, that's what we've got to be aiming for now. We've got to be more clinical, and we keep coming back to this word of game management, don't we? And about how we need to manage games, and and uh, perhaps that's something we've got to aim for in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, looking at the stats, Paul, uh, our tacklers, Crop Jack with 37, Ben Murdoch Masala with 30. Flanagan with 35, Logan Tompkins with 36. You know the forwards and had a lot to work, lot of work to do on Friday, and you know they stood up to it. 
Yeah, Logan Tompkins as well. Yeah, I thought he worked really hard. And Sean Wayne said in the press conference, and he was dead impressed with with Logan. You know, he was remembering him from his time at Wigan, and I think he was right. He had a really good game against his, against his old club and was unlucky not to score a try. But Justin Carney, I thought played well as we said before. He looked dangerous every time he got the ball, and he worked hard as well. He came in in the middle of the field and was hungry for work. You know, taking the ball up, and he makes a lot of ground, doesn't he? And, uh, you know, Copjack again as well. He he worked his socks off, so uh, there was a lot of positive there. Yeah, top meter makers, Joshua Jones with 110, Vido with 115, um, Robert Louis with 100, Justin Carney with 197, Paul. You know what I mean? You've got good goal forward. We've got a lot of uh, players who are getting over that 100 mark on a regular basis. Yeah, we certainly have. We can certainly move. We, you know, Justin Carney every week makes the ads, doesn't he? I think he just doesn't seem to get... The opportunities, you know, as he got sort of Castleford. I don't know what's going on there. He's not sort of had the, the same sort of strike rate at the moment. Hopefully, that's something we're going to work on. Yeah, looking at the average gains, Junior Sal with nine metres at a carry, Ben Burn of Salo with eight eight point ten metres at a carry, uh, Justin Carney with nine, well nearly ten metres a carry. You know, I suppose obviously you're making the big yards as well. It, it helps that you know you've got these people making big yards per carry as well as putting in the effort as well by making lots of carries. Yeah, definitely. Justin Carney as well, every time he takes the ball, and it sort of takes at least three people to, to take him down. There's always a lot of people around. And I think that's something you've got to work on as well, because when Justin Carney does make that ground, he sort of attracts a few defenders. And uh, when he does, you've got to have someone like Logan Tompkins then they're going from dummy half, haven't you, and, and making those, those cheap yards. Yeah, looking at the uh, the three-word match reports we've got from our listeners, uh, Stephen Antrobus, great effort again. Uh, his man of the match was Carney. Uh, John Whitby, poor decision-making. Uh, his man of the match was Carney. Uh, Ian Holness, uh, bloody good effort. Uh, his man of the match was Carney. A few there for Carney early on uh, in the man of the match, Paul. You know, he worked hard on Friday and, you know, we missed him when he was when he, when he was suspended. I thought he worked really hard, yeah. Yeah, I thought he, he, he did. There was only one mistake, I think, when he coughed the ball, up, you know, close to the line. And I think if he could just cut that out of his game, those individual errors that he makes and... Uh, I think that'd be a good thing, but yeah, he works hard every week, Justin Carney, and uh, I'd just like to see him get a bit more opportunity, you know, try scoring opportunities, and uh, that that'd be uh, one thing I'd be looking for with him. But he worked really hard again. Yeah, uh, the man, the myth, Marky Mark Scallon says we can't kick. Uh, his man, of the match was Josh Jones. Colin Reynolds kicking was a difference. His man, of the match was Carney. Martin, uh, we're getting there. Uh, his man, of the match was Jones and Carney. Uh, Andy Roberts, own worst enemy. Uh, his man, of the match was Cotjap. Copjack, it's good that we got you know a couple a couple of different names there. Carney Jones, uh, Copjack, you know people putting in man of the match performances, you know rather than just one person carrying the team. Yeah, definitely with a team effort. I thought on Friday, we, like Watson said, we did come up short, but there was no lack of effort there. Everybody worked really hard, and you could see that from uh, from the stand on on Friday night. But um, but yeah, it's good. I mean, it's been the same every week. Aren't the same names have cropped up every week, and big selection of them as well. It's not like we're sort of like witness relying on Kevin Brown every week. We're, we're not really like that. We we have been more of a team this season and that's that's good to see. Yeah, Paul King left it too late. Uh, his man of the match was Carney and Logan Tompkins. Uh, Mr. Frosty, um, he thought Logan Tompkins played out of his skin as well. Uh, Gary Williams needs a kicker. His man of the match was Carney and uh, Mark Hogan not far, not far off and his man of the match was Carney as well, but you know, big thanks to everyone who who put in the, the three word match reports and man of the matches. It's great that we get this interaction every week, and it's good to see you know fans having their opinion on who thought played well. Paul. Yes, yes, I'm asleep now. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. And um, it's great to hear from the supporters. And like my man of the match, I'm going to go with uh, the majority of them there. I'm going to go with Justin Carney because I thought he played really well and made loads of metres and uh, just, just worked his socks off basically on, on Friday. So he was my man of the match as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a bit different this time. I'm going to go Logan Tompkins. I thought he was outstanding on, on, on Friday, you know, around the play of the ball. Uh, went through a load of work, 36 tackles as well. And in the last few weeks, he's been he's been really, really good. And hopefully, he'll, uh, he'll continue his good form. And, you know, obviously, with our shortage of hookers, with Tommy Lee being out injured and Phil Joseph doing a great job when he, when he comes on, he becomes like the lead in that area. And, and he's showing good form for me, Paul. Yeah, he, 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 he works hard every week, Logan Tompkins, doesn't he? I mean, he's a, he's a good pro and he does a lot of tackling, a lot of the unsung work as well. And I think he's a clever little player as well. And he's another young kid as well. He's... You know, he can blossom and, de- and develop. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see Logan Tompkins doing well. Yeah, and another cra- another crowd of 4,096. Um, you know, I thought it was more there uh, than, than the last home game. And it's good that, obviously, you know, people come down and, and want to watch the game, like uh, the big games like uh, there was on Friday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a bit disappointed with the crowd, I thought, you know, when I saw the, the figure, because I thought there was more than that there. Yeah. Because Wigan sort of brought a few. I thought Wigan probably brought as many as anybody's brought this season uh, so I, I didn't really believe that one but um, let's just hope we get some more support down for the, the next home game against Huddersfield Yeah, so obviously now, thanks for that Paul so what we'll do, we'll have a look what our amateur sides uh, we're doing this week in our amateur review well, We'll start this week's review by uh, Looking at Salford under-19s, they had a, a tremendous victory in uh, Wales. They beat South Wales Scorpions by 40 points to 6, so a tremendous win there for the under-19s. Uh, in the National Conference Premier League, West Hull 18, Mayfield 24, Rochdale Mayfield that is of course. In Division 2, it was Blackbrook 26, Salford City Roosters 22. The Roosters lost players due to work commitments and, work in, and a work injury, so they only had three substitutes and they were really unlucky to lose this one after a real battle in display. The tries for the Roosters came from Bradley White, Mark Jones and Andrew Muscat scored two also. The results in the North West Men's League, Division 1, Folly Lane 40, Bank Key Bulls 10, and in Division 2, it was Manchester Rangers 36, Lee East A8. In Division 4, Berry Broncos A26, Bolton Mets 24, Caddy's Head Rhinos 0, West Horton 70, Eccleston Lions 32, Rochdale Cobras 26, Manchester Rangers A10, Little Hulton Reds 12. And in Division 5, Clockface A against Caddy's Head Rhinos was postponed. Caddy's Red Rhinos A, that is, was postponed. Salford City Roosters A24, Leyland Warriors A25. And Langwood the Reds had a tremendous win. They beat Ashton Bears by 62 points to 10. Ashton Bears A, sorry, 62 points to 10. And the try scorers for the Langwood the Reds, Chris Coots got two, Callum Jones got two, Kieran Bamber got two, Joel White and Jack Davis, Ryan Baker, Scott Jones, Dave Whitehead and Bobby Ricky all scored. And there was goals from Jack Davis who kicked three, Jack Mellor who kicked two and Joseph Burns kicked two. So a tremendous win there for the Langwood the Reds. In the Merit League we go on to now and it was Mancunians against Inserose Bridge which was postponed. Ashpool, New Spring 6, Littleborough 26 and there's a friendly between Hindley and the Mancunians and that one finished Hindley 38, Mancunians 22. So the fixtures for this week, we start with 
The match between Rochdale Mayfield and York Acorn, that's in the National Conference Premier League, that is on Saturday the 11th of June. The other two fixtures in the National Conference Leagues are both in Division 2 and they're also on Saturday the 11th of June and that's between Saddleworth Rangers and Stanningley and Salford City Roosters and Ascombe. The North West Men's League starts on Friday night the 10th of June. Rochdale Mayfield A entertain the Manchester Rangers and on Saturday the 11th of June in Division 1 of the North West Men's League it is Folly Lane against Oral St James. In Division 2 Oldham St Anne's play Lee Minor Rangers. In Division 3 it's Ryland Sharks A against Fitton Hill. In Division 4 Bolton Mets face the Garswood Stags. Berry Broncos A play Little Houghton Reds. Culchiff Eagles play West Houghton Lions. Eccleston Lions play the Manchester Rangers A. Rochdale Cobras play Caddyshead Rhinos. In Division 5, Caddyshead Rhinos A play Runcorn. Clockface Miners A play Langworthy Reds. Liverpool Lions play the Salford City Roosters A. And in the Merritt League, the Mancunians play Blackpool Stanley. Northwest Tigers play Littleborough. And there is also an entry league match that's between Berry Broncos B team and Blackpool A. Well, that's the roundup of all the fixtures and results for this week. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Cheers for that, Paul. So well, now what we'll do, we'll have a look at the uh, Leeds game uh, on Friday night. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. That's all you okay? Yeah, I've moved to the kitchen now. Can you hear us all right? Yeah, sounds good now. Good. You're getting cold out there. No, there's loads of them flying ants mooching about. <laughs> flying ants. Oh, I'm trying to get to your drink. Flying ants, bats, and, uh, and, and yeah. vigilante pigeons. That's what you got. What? A vigilante seagulls. Well, it's Jurassic Park, isn't it? These. Um... <laughs> you got to watch. <laughs> so, Salford take on Leeds Rhinos at Headley on Friday. Big game for both sides, Paul. And, uh, you know, we've got to be confident, you know, the form Leeds are in and, you know, hoping that we'll get a result uh, down there in Leeds. Yeah, uh, confident, but um, it's going to be tough, isn't it, with our record at Leeds. But. Uh... You know, if we could get a win, Leeds have only got six points, haven't they? So if we can win, we're on 12 then, aren't we? You know, we could be back in with a shout of the, with the top eight. I know Widnes play Castleford tomorrow night, don't we, Thursday? So if they lose that one, it's an, it's an opportunity for us to uh, to claw back two points on them. But I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be tough, though, because, you know, Leeds are due a win, aren't they? You know, sooner rather than later. So let's just hope it's not against us. Yeah, Andy, you've obviously, you know, followed all for, for through years. And, you know, have you ever witnessed a Leeds side, you know, sort of struggling like this in, in the past? Probably not in uh, since the early days of the Super League. I think they were, you know, they weren't that clever in those days, were they? But even so, I think us going there is always uh, a big task in it. As a, as a Salford fan, even in like if I can go back to like the, the early seventies, even when he had a good team, we always struggled at Eddingley. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm kind of a Salford fan. I'm optimistic on one hand, and then again, I'm pessimistic on the other hand because you, you just you, you, you always think the worst, don't you, as a Salford fan? You're optimistic, but then you think, well, this might happen and that might happen. So hopefully this time, this might be our year. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I think, obviously, it's all about the roller coaster ride of emotion following Salford, isn't it, Paul? And, you know, we've yeah. seen ups and downs. And, you know, I suppose us going to Leeds in this position where, you know, we're above them in the league and we should be miles ahead of them, really, if, if the points deduction hadn't take place. To go there, kind of favourites, really. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the games I've been to in like the 90s and sort of 2000s, going there to Leeds, you're always, you're always going there expecting a miracle, but you're always going there for just to just keep the score down. I remember you used to say to my dad, if we could just keep, you know, keep it below that sort of 20, 20 point margin, that'll we'll settle for that. But you know, like now, hopefully we we we're moving on from them days, and and we're going to go there and uh, 
and get a result. But the way Leeds are playing this season, I think with a bit of belief, we can go there and turn them over. You know, no, no doubt. I, th- I think they'll still start as favourites because. I think even though they are struggling, you look at their side, they've got a lot more international players in this squad than we've got. I mean, I don't think we've got one, have we? But they've got a team full of internationals and I think they're just sort of low on confidence. They're on this bad run, aren't they? And, you know, sometimes you know bad runs come to an end, don't they? And like I said before, I just hope it's not, not this week and we can uh, we can turn them over. We're struggling, aren't we? We've got a few injuries and a few players out. So, uh, promise us to be an interesting night. Yeah, winning, just like losing, Andy, becomes a habit. Leeds have only won two in the last 12 uh, you know, and that's going to be linger on the mind if Salford, you know, start well and put the pressure on them. Oh yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, losing. I mean, we know as Salford fans, you know full well losing's an habit, isn't it? Been yeah. on plenty of long losing runs over the, you know, over the years. So yeah, I mean, Leeds are out of them. Like, like you say, saying before, it's the first time I can, in living memory, I can remember us going there with Brayley when you're above them in the league, mm-hmm. apart from anything else, and really with, with confidence. You, we, really, we should be going there. And turn them over, you know. There's no two ways about it. We we should be going there and, and winning. I think it's down to belief. It's belief in the team, and I think it's the supporters that need a dose of relief. As you know, that that belief as well, don't they? I yeah, think... I agree with that. I think both. You know, obviously the, the fans. We, we've we've been to Leeds loads of times and 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 been put fifty on quite regular. But you know, I suppose in this situation, you know, we're we're the team in form. We're above them in the league. You know, looking at the stats. You know, our stats are far better than, than theirs. You know, we should be a team there looking at Leeds and thinking, you know, we're going to go there and, and, and take the two points, Paul. Yeah, and especially the way we performed against Wigan last week. Um, it was only 23-20, when it? it was a very tight game against a very good Wigan side. And if you look at the way Leeds have been playing, they've not just been getting beat. I know they didn't do too bad against Catalan, but in the recent fixtures, you know, they, were, they got battered off Wigan, didn't they, at the Magic? They got stuffed at home by Castleford by 50 points. Uh, there was another one where I think they let... 50 points as well. I can't remember who it was now, but if you look at who they've lost to this season, they've lost at home to Wakefield, they've lost at home to OKR, they've lost at Witness, they've lost to sides that have struggled. I think they've lost to Huddersfield twice. So they're not really beating anybody, are they, really? So I'm, I'm confident that we're going to go win, but the only thing that makes you unconfident is the amount of times that you've been there and got beat. Mm. So that's the only thing that sort of holds you back a bit, I suppose, that bad record there. But, you know, records are there to be broken, aren't they? And, uh, you know, runs are there to be ended. So, yeah, let's just go there positive. And if the players have got that, I think it's all about belief, isn't it? Like my dad was saying before. I mean, when you go to these grounds, sometimes you go there beating before before you go out. And I think if with with Ian Watson, I think if he instills that belief in them, so that bit of steel into them, especially with Sheens as well. If we can go there and and quieten the crowd and you know get an early try, we could we could do uh, you know the unthinkable and do what Castleford did to him. I mean, I watched that Cats game when they put about fifty past them, and how amazing would that be if we could go there and. Sort of lay a few ghosts to rest and stick fifty points on them would be amazing. Yeah, I think sticking sticking fifty points on Leeds that'd be you know, like all your Christmases come early and uh, you know obviously Zach Hardaker in the week put his transfer request in uh, trying to get a move from Leeds for three hundred thousand. He don't feel like he's good enough to play in the middle eights. He says, um, you know, do you think that's going to kind of affect their their squad? You know, obviously in wanting to wanting a way out. Yeah, well, it makes you wonder what's kind of going on behind the scenes there at Leeds, doesn't it? If if you've got people, you know, that's the kind of thing that's happened to us mid-season, isn't it? A few times in the past. So, if things like that are going on, I don't know, which, which, you know, if you went back last year or the year before, it would have been unthinkable, you know, these sorts of, like, internal strife and all this going on behind the scenes there. So, maybe there is a bit of unrest that, you know, people say... <clears throat> to use this phrase, don't you know the sports always lost a dressing room? And I mean, I, never, I don't know what really that means, but it makes you wonder if some of the players don't believe in the coach or don't believe in his methods or 
don't believe he's the man that can get him out of it. So maybe that's why Ardaker wants to go. I mean, I did read that the, there wasn't much interest in Australia for mm. him. So I don't know where he's going to go as regards the Super League. But, you know, obviously that's uh, that's for him to sell. Going back to us, I think it's imperative that we start well on Friday night. I think we need to get, get amongst them early doors, get some scores on the board and put that doubt in their mind and, and quieten the crowd as well. Because the one thing you don't want to go there is you don't want to concede an early soft try like we've done in the past. And all of a sudden, you're back, you know, your back's against the wall, their tails are up, the crowd's up. And all of a sudden, before you know it, they're 18 points down, aren't you? you know, that, that's happened too many times in the past. We need, to, we need to stop that, to me, and get some points early doors. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think we've started quite well this season. We've, we've started, uh, you know, really well in a few games this season, Paul. I think, you know, it's a good sign that if we do that again uh, against Leeds on Friday, you know, we might, re- you might end up in getting a good result as well. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, they're low on confidence, aren't they? And that's what's happened to them a few times. When I've seen them recently, um, I've said to you, a couple of the, when I've watched the Super League show, I've seen highlights out of them. They've, set, they've let a lot of soft tries in, which is... Unlike lead, really, and I think basically from what I've seen of him, I think they're lacking a leader. You know, Sinfield used to do a lot more than what he used to see. I think he used to do a lot of talking behind the post, as did Jamie Peacock. And when I've seen him, they sort of let a few tries, and their heads have gone down. And um, I think I think there is a lot of unrest in the camp there at Leeds. And how long is it going to be before Gary Evington pushes the panic button and gets rid of Matt Dermott? I don't know. I mean, we could be we could be the team that finishes them off this week with a win. They might they might panic and, and get rid of him. So. Uh, I'd love nothing more than for us to go there and, and beat them on Friday because they, they beat us plenty of times, haven't they? I mean, last season we were there and they, they embarrassed us, beating us by 70 points. And, you know, Matt Dermott came out and was slagging Marwan Kukash off and it was all rosy in the garden at Leeds then. So now it's not. So let's hope we can go there and uh, put them in the place. Yeah, I think Leeds still trying to play the expansive game, though. They're, they're the leaders in the offload with 280, but they're also leaders in the error count, which is 236. And... Uh, uh, you know, I suppose they keep throwing the ball about. Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but being bottom of the league and being bottom by quite a bit as well, uh, you know, you think you might sort of short it up, sort of not play as expansively and just sort of like keep it close and try and grind wins out rather than throw the ball about. Well, yeah, I suppose that's that's kind of their way. And it would call the Leeds way, I suppose they'd say, wouldn't they? But they, I think they have got the worst points uh, conceded uh, by any club this season, haven't they? Mm. Um, the, the, certainly the defence has been shocking in the games. I've, I've seen the odds game I've seen the leads on the television. They've been really poor, which is very unlike unlike them, isn't it? But you know they've been they're probably missed tackle counts probably pretty high as well. I would imagine. Apart from you know you're saying the offloads is high, and the error counts high. I would imagine their missed tackle rate must be pretty high as well. Yeah, looking at the Salford's 19, uh, we've got Bibby, Carney, Dobson, Flanagan, George Griffin, Wellaraki, Jones, Joseph. Cop, Jack, Krinicki, Lannon, Louis, Murdoch, Masala, O'Brien, Sow, Tompkins, Vito, and Jordan Warren. And Adam Warren, Paul, you know, it's good that, you know, Dobson's made the 19. We saw him hobbling out with a with a, a boot on, uh, which put all kind of a, a worries into my heart. But he's made the 19, and hopefully that, that boot was just a precaution. Well, when we spoke to him on Friday night after the game, he didn't look... It didn't look happy at all, did he, with that thing on his leg? It looked like something out of casualty, didn't it? That big grey thing he had on. and looked like he wasn't going to play for months. But I think a lot of it now, you know, they do it for precaution, don't they? Which is in the best interest of the players. So hopefully, um, if he's made the 19-man squad, to me, if you've made that squad, you, you're fit and ready to play, aren't you? So the conundrum would be who's going to play at half-back. But 
Um, if he's fit and Louis fit, then obviously O'Brien's in there as well. O'Brien can switch back to, to full-back because obviously if we've got to move O'Brien to half-back, then we've got to decide if we're going to play at full-back. So let's just hope Dobson and Louis are both fit because the way Dobson's been playing recently as well, um, I think he's been tremendous the last month or so. And he's done a lot of stuff, you know, that people don't always always see a lot of the leading and the, the, the organisation and the, the kicking game as well could be very important against Leeds. Yeah, O'Brien back in the, the 19 as well, Ander. It's, it's a good sign. We, we missed him on, on, on Friday. Uh, I know Vido played, you know, put his put it about at full-back, but we miss his, you know, jinking about O'Brien and, and thought he made, you know, him being back in the 19 is going to make a big difference, I think, Friday. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he, he does this. He has this. He's had a couple of wobbly moments, hasn't he? But, it, by, you know, in the main, he's, he's been really good, uh, Brian. De- defensively, he's been good. But certainly chiming in the line on attack there when they come round at the back on defence, uh, on the attack, he's been really good, hasn't he, coming on the line? And uh, I definitely missed him, I think, on Friday night. Uh, so, yeah, with him being back there and put Vido back on the wing, Carney on the other side. Uh, well, I would imagine Jones and uh, Sow in the centres, Louis and Dobson. And like he's, what Paul was saying there, Dobson, I think, has been one of the best players on the, on the part this season, without a shadow of a doubt, his leadership. I think an awful lot of people seem to criticise Dobson, I think, in the past for his pace and or his lack of pace. But, you know, he might have lost one or two yards there, maybe, but he's still got that between the ears, which, which to my mind is, is the most important part. He's a good leader, Dobbs. He's a good tactical kicker, and I think he gets them around the park well. Yeah, obviously you you follow Sofa for you know a long time. How does he rate compared to the, some of the greats that you've seen in the red shirt? I think he's up there, Dobson. You know, I go back like the, the, the Jackie Brennan days, and Peter Banner was was a good one there. Steve, obviously Steve Nash, for other people that remember him, Nash was a, a really good player, very brave, bloke, great tackler. Good organiser. I think Dobbs is a different sort of player there. He's a he's a, a good tactical kicker, but he's also it, it, what you've seen this season. He's backed up well on a lot of breaks, and he's not quite got the pace there. But he's backed up up the middle a lot this uh, this time. I think last season he, his fitness obviously was a big question. Well, he wasn't fully fit all last season. I think he took a bit of stick of supporters, and and really I think a lot of it was unjustified because his fitness I think from day one wasn't there last season. You could see that. And I think he's benefited from the pre-season this time. And he's looked a much better player. The type of player that played at Catalan and certainly for Wigan and at OKR, isn't it? I mean, he was certainly good in, in those, those three clubs. And I think you've seen that the old Michael Dobson back this season as well. Yeah, I think he's been outstanding this season. I think uh, having him just been as our main sort of creative influence in, in the midfield, Paul, you know, we're not having the ranks of Rangi Chase or, or someone else trying to sort of steal his thunder, let's say. Uh, he's brought himself out, and I think he's, you know, he's been one of our key players this season. Yeah, he certainly has, and his partnership with Robert Louis has been good as well, and you know, I know Robert Louis had a few injuries and, and this, that, and the other, but yeah, last season you had Rangi Chase there. I don't, I don't know whether anybody can play with Chase. I think, um, like with Dobson and, and Louis, definitely complement each other. Uh, well, they're better than Dobson and Chase did anyway. And like, he's, like my dad just said then about Dobson, was he fully fit last season? Was he, you know, we were playing him when he wasn't fully fit and, you know, putting him in there because there was nobody else there. Sometimes that happens, doesn't it? And this season, he does seem a lot fitter and a lot sharper. And he's worked really hard this season. And especially the St. Helens game there, he was leading us there and sort of shouting at the players and geeing them on. And that, that's great to see. And I think we're a different side. We miss him a lot when he's not playing Dobson. 
Yeah, looking at the Leeds uh, squad, there's Watkins, Moon, Maguire, Burrow, Galloway, Fallon, Jamie Jones, Buchanan, Sutcliffe, Delaney, Singleton, Gabbert, is it Kembo? No, Kembo, Ferris, Briscoe, Achurch, Mullaney, Walters, Hanlet and Lille. You know, still some good good players in, in that in that squad, Andy, uh, and Salford have to be, you know, on top uh, to get a result on Friday. Oh, yeah, certainly. I think, is that, did you say, is that Briscoe, not Tom Briscoe, is it the other? What is Leeds are, they're like a nice video of their of their you know their nineteen? So I've yeah. got it written down, but I think it's, it's it says Briscoe on on me right. Yeah, I think it's the other Briscoe. They, 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 they're still packed full like Paul's. They're still packed full of international players. That yeah, yeah. Ex, you know, Australian players and what have you in there. I'm, I'm not so sure about the Ucker, the, the the games I've seen that Falloon, is it? Yeah. I'm not that you know. I've, I don't know. I've not been that impressed with him in the games I've seen. I mean, he's, he's been all over the shop, and he's certainly nowhere near the kind of guy they've had at number nine in the you know in the past few years. Anyway, but that's still a decent side on paper there, isn't it? Like you say, but the trouble is you don't play rugby league on paper, do you? No. And you know that's that's been their problem all season, hasn't it? it it's a lot of it is confidence, isn't it? it? The confidence is a big thing in sport. Nobody knows where it comes from. Nobody when it goes, nobody knows how to get it back. It's very difficult, isn't it? What once you're on like like you say you're on that losing streak, aren't you? And it's very difficult to get out with that mindset when you're losing week after week after week, as as, as we know watching Salford. But I think it's still a decent side there that they've got on paper. You know, ex-international players and current international players. All right, there's one or two players that are long in the tooth. I think there, certainly in the forwards. But it's still a decent Leeds lineup. So I think we've got to be on our guard there. Yeah, I agree with that. I think obviously we're, we're the team in form, and I'm sure the players are going to take confidence from that, you know, effort at Wigan to push them so so close, Paul, uh, and then go into Leeds in the farm there, in thinking that you know this is an opportunity for us to to make a bit of history here. Yeah, I think the players are obviously going to be aware of that. I'm sure. I'm sure Ian Watson spoke about that, and if he hasn't, I mean, I mentioned it to Tim Sheens at that training day the other Monday, and he just sort of smiled at me. I don't think he believed what I was what I was saying to him, but. Yeah, he's massive, isn't it? I mean, for, for him to go there and do that double. And I mean, who, who'd have thought that at the start of the season, or sort of at the end of last season when Leeds won that grand final with that, you know, great side that they had, we, we were going to do the double on the season after. It'd be unthinkable, really. But, you know, these players have got a chance to, to make history. But not only that, we win this game on on Friday night and we're right with the, back in with the shout of the top eight because, you know, Witness played tomorrow night. Say Witness get beat tomorrow, which is it's a possibility the way from home at Castleford. We went on there Friday with two points behind him then and the top eight's back on and you don't know whether we're going to get these points back from this, this tribunal. But even if we're not, we've still got a really good chance of winning games because uh, we're back at home then. We've got two home games after the uh, after the Leeds away game. So, you know, if we can win that one, build a bit of momentum again and, uh, you know, we're back on for the eight. Yeah, I think obviously the, the battle for the eight, Andy, is, is a really good one. Uh, Widness have, have obviously stuttered uh, in the last few weeks and we've come up on the rails do you reckon we're going to make it? Do you reckon we're going to get enough wins to get in the eight? I think we can do. I think witness of the team that are catch, aren't they? I think they're the they're the team, and we've got to play them as well away from home, haven't we? You still got to go. So there's a there's a two point swing either way there, isn't it? So if if you can if you can win some of the games, if you can beat win the witness game away, coupled with another few wins, then I think I think it's doable because I'm not convinced with witness. Their uh, their form's really gone, isn't it? I mean, I know they. They had a win, uh, a win the other week there, but the, the form's really gone on it from the early, the early season form anyway. And I think the other team that might be uh, catchable is Wakefield. Mm. 
They've they've been panned the last two matches. We beat them, and then they got pummeled by uh, okay. Old Kingston Rovers last week, didn't they? At home with fifty points. So they're they're the team that might go into free fall. You know, towards now from now to the end of the season, they've got some difficult fixtures coming up. So that might, they've got. I know they've got sixteen points already. I think it is Wakefield, haven't they? But that's catchable. I mean, we're only six behind them, aren't we? If we were to get some of those points back, I know it's a big if and. It's a big thing up in the air, nobody knows. But if you did say you got two, two, even two points back, would make a huge difference from now to the end of the season. Well, and would get a lot of the other teams now that are above us at the moment looking over the shoulders there, wouldn't they? They could, yeah. you know, sort of coming on the rails here. Because the other thing in our favour is we've got quite, we've got a few home games, haven't we? We've only got with this away mm. and Warrington away, and you've got the other sides that are all, all the other pictures at home, aren't we? We've got Huddersfield to come, we've got Cass. That's all. Um, the other game is Hull, I think, in it at home as well. And then after that, we've got the uh, we've got Warrington and Witness away, haven't we? So we got if you if we can play the well as we have been doing at home, those game those home games are definitely winnable. They're all winnable matches, and I think the Witness game is certainly winnable. And the Leeds game tomorrow night is, and even Warrington away, I think you've got to go in that one. If, if the chips are down, we've got to go into those games there confident that we can win. I agree with that. I think it's, it's a matter of us being confident, like you said, and, and wanting to you know, make a difference. Because we've, we've got the opportunity here to, to go from a team that, that always finishes in, in the bottom four uh, to, 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 to a team that, that will start making the eight. And we have to make that leap of faith, don't we, Paul? And we have yeah. to win games like, like this one and, and like our own games to come. And we win them. And obviously, with a bit of luck, we get in, we get in the eight, and then we can build them from there, can't we? Yeah, of course we can. Yeah, and and, and winning at Leeds, you know what sort of that's going to boost the confidence of the the club. I think not just the team, the, the whole club, because then it gives you that belief that you can go there and actually do that. And then you've got a home game the week after against Huddersfield. So you go into that home game on the back of a great win at Leeds, and how much confidence is that going to give the team? You know, Huddersfield are down there near the bottom, so. So, yeah, and it's like we were saying the other week about did we want to finish in the top eight because we were miles behind the top four. Of course we do. I mean, we've never finished in the top eight. So, it's all about progression. And if we finish, even if we finish eighth this season, we're miles behind the top four. That doesn't make any difference. You've made progress. You're safe for next season. You start building. You can start signing players and getting your squad ready for next season. And next season, progress even better, you know, finishing the top six, top four, whatever. But I think it's all about the eight for me this season. It'd be a good achievement if we would get there. Yeah, you, you obviously, Andy, you watched Salford a long time. You've seen us build a good team, the, the Snape, uh, you know, team. And, and you know, do, do you see much sort of uh, sort of similarities from what Marwan's doing, building this team to become a team like that? Well, the, the kind of similarities there, you know, the fact is kind of a high-profile businessman. He's got plenty of money. There's a similarity there. And I think in the early, I mean, it took Brian Snape a long time. I think he came in the sort of, about 63, 64, something like that. But it wasn't until sort of the early 70s, really, where it came to fruition, wasn't it? You know, and certainly till 19, well, 74, till they won the championship, and then 72 when they won the Lancashire Cup. So it was, it was a good few years. So if you, if you sort of say that, what's, how long's Marwan been there? Three years. So it, it's not, you know, Rome won't build in a day, and Sober didn't become a decent side overnight then. I mean, at the time when he took over, they were really bottom of the, the actual, the old. Uh, one division then, they were near the bottom, well, it was two divisions in 62-3 and 63-4. They were at the bottom end of the second division. So, they, you know, all honesty, they were a lot worse than they are, than they were when Marwan took over. So, yeah, there is similarities there. And like you say, 
building things like this can't, is going to take a long time. With the way Salford were and, and the, the shape they were in, it is going to take a long time to change attitude amongst you know amongst a lot of people, attitude amongst players, attitude amongst supporters. It, it, it takes a lot of change, you don't it? You know things like that. You know you can't do that overnight, can you? So no. it, it's a slow thing, but then you know it's it, the, the similarities are there, and uh, we've just got to you just got to keep building it. Like Paul was saying, it's a big thing to me to improve season on season. We seem to do that when Harrison took over, when Carl Harrison came. We, you know, little steps were made, weren't they, when we got back up into the Super League after the 2003 season in the, in the uh, Championship. We got back in the Super League in, in, in 04. We seemed to build very slowly then, didn't we? And then we got into uh, the top eight, or top six, was it, in 2006? Yeah. But over those first few years, Addison was there with little improvements each year. We, you know, we went better one year than the next year. Only small improvements, but, but it was steady. Once it's steady progress, and I think that's what we need to do, rather than trying to, you know, change things overnight. Is is steady progress? Like you say, if we could get in the top eight this season, albeit if you're miles behind the top four, to me that wouldn't make any difference. It'd be a big improvement. The fact that you've actually got in the eight, you know, you're not worrying about, you know. Because obviously there is a threat of relegation if you're in that bottom four, no matter how small it might be, there is always that threat there, isn't there? But uh, once you're in, if you're in that top eight, obviously secure, you're safe, you can plan for next year, you can get your signings on board, say, well, we're in the Super League, you know, we're definitely there, you can, those signings can come. And I think they would under Tim Sheens, you know, I think uh, the recruitment this season has been, by and large, been pretty good, really. And I think he's. I think also he's he's improved certain other players. I think Adam Wall, for one, I think has improved greatly. Now whether that's under Tim Sheens and Watson's influence, I don't know. But I'd like to think it is because I think he's improved as a player. Because if if you remember there, Tim Sheens as a prop forward, played with Mick Stevenson at Penrith in the seventies. Even though he didn't look as though he was a prop forward, he, he was. And uh, I, I think uh, certainly under his, you know. Uh, leadership and guidance there. I think guys like Wall there will certainly improve. I think he has this season. I think he's a, he looks a far better player to me, Adam Wall, this season than last season. Yeah, I think it's really good, obviously, that you know the youth's coming through and you know Sheens is, is, is nurturing this talent, Paul. And obviously looking forward to Leeds, it gives the, the, them, the kids, let's call them, an opportunity to, to sort of mark their, you know, their space in Salford's history in a way. Yeah, of course, that, that's that's the big thing, isn't it, really? You know, that's what I'd be saying if I was Watson. And, you know, I've gone there, you know, with my dad over the last sort of 20-odd years and, you know, up to dreaming of winning there. I know we got that one in 2009, didn't we? But sometimes, I, I've wondered to myself, sometimes, do they play, are the players aware of these sort of bad records we've got at certain ground? You know, St. Helens being another one that we never seem to win at. And, you know, they could go down in history, couldn't they, if they, if they win on Friday? I mean, we've not won there since 1946, you know, as a double, you know, winning home and away in the league, which was a stat I was unaware of until, until last week. But um, but that, that'd be that'd be amazing. But just going back to the likes of Adam Wall, and I, I've been uh, raving about him the last few weeks. I mean, I thought he played uh, played well again on Friday night. He really has matured into a really good player now. And uh, that's great. I mean, we've had a lot of um, bad press for our... Academy and under 19s, and you know, saying we never produce any players, but I think it's rubbish. I think in the last few seasons, we have produced the players and they're coming through now. And you look at Jake Bibby, now he, he looks like he's going to be a really solid player. And and the young Connor on Friday night against Wigan, that, that was a big, big game for him to make his debut in that. A very high tempo game, a lot of pressure on the game as well. Wigan playing well, and he came there into the Lions' den and 
he didn't shirk anything. He looked looked solid, and for a young kid, he's only going to get better. And uh, it's great to see these kids coming through. I said to you on Friday, I, mean, I think we had three academy lads on the bench on on Friday night against Wigan. And when was the last time we had we had that? So uh, so it, there are a lot of positives at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a great time for the club. Obviously, you know, with you coming through and the quality we've got in the squad, uh, it's only going to be good things, I think, uh, to come in the future. Uh, Paul, give us your score prediction for the game against Leeds on Friday. Oh, um, I told you about my prediction league I do on Facebook, haven't we? I'm in like a prediction league with yeah, like yeah. supporters and um, from all different clubs. And I back Salford every week this season. And um, that's why I'm near the bottom of the league, I think. But I've actually, well, you're, the strong, you're the strongest in the league, is that what is that? What that, is that yeah, what yeah, I'm holding everybody up, yeah. <laughs> On there, I've backed Leeds to beat us, but um, I'm going to go with Salford. Um, on here, I can't like say say Leeds on devil in detail, so I'm going to go with Salford to win 34 20. 34 20. And what's the weather going to be like, just in case people are traveling? Well, I had a look today actually, it's going to change. You're tracking the flags down here in Devon, but um, in Leeds, I think it's 15 degrees and, and showers, so it might be pretty nippy there on uh, on Friday night. So, a bit of a bog of a pitch and that. So, uh, but no, I think I think there'll be I think there'll be points in that game. I know our defense is a bit dodgy sometimes and Leeds have been letting points in for fun so I can't see it being like a really low scoring game I think there'll be points so 34-20 for me so anyone listening Paul says take a coat that's what you're saying yeah take your jacket or, or brave the south stand <laughs> <laughs> how about you Andy what's your score prediction um, I'll go for 28-13 that was with the score I think in 1977 I think when we won there 20... so I'll, I'll, I'll take a pot at 28-13 sounds like I'd, I'd buy me a mint result four points for a try though now isn't it <laughs> It was only three points of the yeah, 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 it was only three points of them days. But... They, might, they might drop a goal on our time. Like yeah, that. I was going to say they yeah. might drop a goal. Yeah. That, might, that might play out that way. I'm going to go for um, Salford 16, Leeds 8. I think it's going to be like a, you know, a, 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 a tough grinding out kind of result to me. I've got, I've got a feeling Leeds are going to, you know, they're going to, not throw the ball about as much if if the weather's like you say it is, Paul. Yeah, that's uh, quite my weather report. That influence me. As soon as you said it's going to rain, I thought right, <laughs> single digits to Leeds. Um, but yeah, you know, it's up to the players. You know, it's a big opportunity. You know, to mark your, you know, your your, your place in in history. Obviously, the 2019 uh, they they beat Leeds, uh, and I still remember that day. Now it was a magical day. Um, you know, looking at fans in the crowd, you know, grown men sort of yeah. crying in a way. Um, you know, because they'd been to Leeds. Easter so, Monday, yeah. it? I think Easter Monday, it? 2009. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's it was uh, you know it was a magic occasion. I'm really hoping that you know something similar can happen uh, this time around, Andy. Hopefully, yeah. I do remember that that nice warm sunny day. I think I've been there a lot of times, but it's been a nice warm sunny day. Mm. I've seen us uh, get panned. So yeah, let's go there and beat them. Let's go there and run 50 points up with a bit of luck. I'd be over it. I'd say what I'd be pleased as punch if they did that. I'll yeah. be skipping round Eddingley. I think I don't I think you don't think you'd be the only one under skipping round <laughs> Eddingley if we put fifty on them. So anyway, that was a brilliant podcast, boys. Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. Thanks for t- thanks for coming on, Andy. You've been great. Oh yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me, Rob. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Another great podcast, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can't wait for Friday. So, uh, so yeah, let's just everyone who's thinking about going, just get yourselves there on on Friday night because you might be seeing a bit of history in the making. Anyway, brilliant podcast, boys. Thanks for listening to everybody at home, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week.